It's a bitch hunt. 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 Welcome to Pitch Hunt, the podcast about Pitch Hunt. That's that's what it's called. That's what it's called. That's what we do. Hey, guys, how about that episode 50? Heck of an episode, huh? It was unbelievable. <laughs> I didn't think that Ted on the 10s could outdo himself, and then Ted on the 10s went ahead and outdid himself, <laughs> which is exactly what I thought he could do. And it's been an He's eventful week. Amazing. Since we posted that episode. Yeah. <laughs> it has been an eventful week. Uh, anybody got any news that they want to share with Pitch Hunt Nation? <laughs> I guess Sorry, not. Sorry, <laughs> it was just such an eventful week that now I've, yeah. got, I've got an inability to come up with words. It was uh, literally, yeah, it was breath, both breathtaking and word-taking week. Uh, could I share some news about... The significance of the date of recording, Jacob. Sure. It's uh, your birthday. Happy Jacob Day. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, depending on if you know when my birthday is, this may, uh, and how long it takes to edit <laughs> this episode, it may be a little look behind the curtains on the way that our podcast works. Um, but yeah, at, at, at the at the current date of, of recording, uh, wait, 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 thirty first birthday. Don't say what year, in case it takes us more than a year to put this out. <laughs> it is it is one of my birthdays. <laughs> there we go. Edit that out, really. That gives us Great. plausible deniability. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it could be like a thirty first birthday. Once you're past thirty one, any Th- birthday could be a thirty first birthday, depending on. It's a really yeah, good point. It's the thirty f- counting. If it's not my first thirty-first birthday, it is the thirty-first anniversary of another one of my birthdays. Great point. So, yeah, I guess that could be true of, and I mean, it could be true of any year before thirty-one yeah. as well. It's like when I turned twenty-eight. It's the thirty-first anniversary of three years before I was born, which is still pretty significant, if you ask me. It's when I was but a twinkle in my father's eye. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Um, so as a as a birthday gift to myself and also a, a birthday gift to Pitch Hunt Nation, um this week on Pitch Hunt we're gonna be talking about something that's near and dear to my heart. Um Something that I think is near and dear to a lot of people, but particularly particularly to me, um, and that's why I kind of arbitrarily chose, not at all arbitrarily chose the theme this week, um, but we're going to be buckling some swashes, we're going to be riding the high seas, we're going to be battening down a hatch or two, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be jib-jabbing to you guys about pirates. <laughs> Yar, mateys. Yar, as they Yo say. Yo ho ho. Um, and a bottle yeah. of rum, but only if yeah. you yeah. want it. Because it might if you be partake. dry January when this episode comes out. Yeah. Might be dry February or dry yeah. March. 
or any month, really, any time of year can be dry if you want it to be. But if you choose to drink rum, we don't discriminate on this podcast, especially if you're a pirate. Um, what other things do you think of when you think of pirates, fellas? Just uh, lay a parrots, few out there. Peg legs, swords. Salted meats, scurvy. Treasure. Um, Maps with a big yeah. X drawn on them, and also a sea monster drawn on them. Ooh. How about a tri-cornered hat? How about the Jolly Roger? Yeah. That was, I, like, a Jolly Roger any- was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> do you think of any of those things when you think of Pirate's Wheel? I do. I think of many of those things. I also think of uh, DVDs. Um, <laughs> yeah. And- don't don't pirate dvds also don't pirate this episode of the podcast just because pirates is in the title that's not an invitation um please pay please pay your internet service provider for the privilege of being able to listen to this but that that's that brings up a really good point will It, it broadens the scope of what this episode could be about um i think that we can probably hope and expect to hear about a lot of the things that Luke, Will, and I have talked about, and probably a few of the things that we haven't talked about. Yeah. I think... <laughs> what do you think, Will? That one of us should, should pitch something about pirates. That's what I think. Yeah? Yeah, I could, I I could get down with that. Too. Will, as this extra special birthday gift to me, would you oh, no. do me the sincere honor of leading <laughs> okay. us off? All right. Well, it's a good thing that I, as an extra special birthday honor to you, prepared thoroughly for this episode, as wow, I do Will. with every episode. You, you're so thoughtful. Um, All right. Whenever you're ready. So, uh, a very famous... Uh, media mogul named um horatio jigglebutt um very uh <laughs> great name famous in the world of my of my pitch um gotcha he 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 rose to fame or rose to power through newspapers but um decided to uh to branch out into theme parks uh and television and all and movies and all of that um and he uh he decided to create a theme park um called uh uh pirates uh, of the of the west indies um will can i can i stop you yeah. just for a moment i'm i'm loving everything that i'm hearing so far no questions well yeah one question but n- no uh-huh. no complaints um so you're describing, like, I feel like it's a little ambiguous right now whether you're describing something that is occurring on a movie screen or you're just filling us <laughs> in with some backstory. Um, I like what 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 am I? Imagine me, my my tookus parked in a, a movie seat. Like, what am I seeing on the screen? Um, so, uh, you're okay. That's a good point. I got to start here, sort of in media res, as they say. Um, it's sorry. It's been a really long week, so I've kind of gotten a little it's rusty. It's been a long week. Um, so, <laughs> uh, open to a dock 
Um, and there's like a mega yacht. There's okay, a mega yeah. yacht at the end yep, of this dock. Yeah. And I'm this, in it now. this man Thank you. with this uh, sort of a bowler hat and spectacles and stuff like that um, is like, haha, I'm Horatio Jigglebutt. And you're going to go to my, my private uh, theme park in the midst of the ocean. Off- is, is Jigglebutt just a name, or does the butt jiggle? <laughs> the butt... <laughs> let me so, tell you. I'm so glad you the asked that jiggles. question. Yeah. It's all I've been this thinking is, about. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. This is, he's going to be played by Edward Norton, and he's going to be just donning like 400 pounds of prosthetic... Um, he's going to be very rotund and jiggly. Um, Are we to believe that this is a natural butt, or is he uh, is he enhanced? Uh, he's enhanced his butt to make it more jiggly over the years. He okay. he, um, you know, back in his his sort of mud slinging paper days, he uh, he he kind of was given this nickname as a as a. A bit of an epithet because he's you know because he was buying up local news and kind of pushing a pro-capital agenda but then he uh you know he just decided to to neutralize it by fully embracing it and he just over the years um just injected hundreds of pounds of fat directly into his butt to get the, the most jiggly and large butt possible Truly giving new meaning to the term pirate's booty, too. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You uh, you really took my, my final zinger. Um, <laughs> do, you take, do you take the wind out of your you sails a little wind, bit there, Willie? Really? You took the wind a little out of me sails, matey. Um, so, uh, so, anyway, at the end of this dock... Um, the the first the first guests arrive um and and one and one is a a, a reporter um for a non jigglebutt owned media empire um played by Laura Dern um and mm. one is uh a maritime historian played by Jeff Goldblum and uh they are uh what they're basically in? um they they kind of introduce each other. They're they're kind of the the only ones out because everybody else is kind of like really rich and and sort of, but they've been they've been invited on here too as sort of like a, a uh, just sort of a PR thing I guess, um, but they 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 it needed to sort of lend most of the other like PR people there are part of Jigglebutt, you know media empires. And and this, th- insiders. yeah, they're insiders, and so they had to invite a couple outsiders just sort of to, to sort of have the veneer of impartiality. Uh, so anyway, um, Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum are there, um, and they they step aboard the yacht, and and as they're kind of taking off, um, Horatio Jigglebutt, you know, arrives to great fanfare in this in this big sort of like. Um, convention hall that's aboard this yacht and shows like these images of of the the island and they say um we have we've used our our scientists at jigglebutt labs have actually gone back in time and have actually um taken pirates from the actual west indies pirate scene um 
and have and 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 we've we've resurrected these pirates using ancient DNA um, and time travel so that we have the most authentic oh, pirates. So you are actually. Could you? Whoa, 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 Time travel and DNA. But why do they need to have both? Yeah, I think they just found this pirate DNA in like some amber or something. So, or in like a a museum exhibit somewhere. Yeah, they they couldn't find any pirate amber, unfortunately. Um, they tried scouring people's like old dentures and 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 gold teeth and and bandanas and stuff for the DNA, but it was it was too denatured. So they actually they sure. they just went back in time and and sort of swabbed a lot of the pirates' DNA there. <laughs> um, but they they couldn't they couldn't just you you might ask like oh can't they just like bring back pirates from the past but they 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 thought you're you're nailing the question they thought, that, I had, they thought really. that would that would like disrupt history too much so they just they just sure. decided they basically went in and they took the dna and cloned these pirates and um yeah this this really brings up an interesting nature versus nurture type of scenario too yeah. like will these pirates be the same pirates <laughs> if they're not if they were raised in a different era, you know. Yeah. Well, such a good question. Well, so that's why um, the, the, that's a, also an extremely good question, and um, uh, basically, um, the that what they did was they um, took a like a chip and basically like copied all the memories of this pirate um, and implanted it into <laughs> the. Uh, the 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 sort of clone of of these pirates that they that they grew forward you know so um cool, so cool, that'll cool. be very important in the in the in the f- sort of future um uh. so anyway um basically they're 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 like jeff goldblum kind of talks to laura dern and is like this is a really bad idea like this is why can't they just get actors to really convincingly play pirates like this is way i know they're trying to be really authentic and i'm very interested like he's also like pretty interested in like the concept of meeting a real life pirate um because he's not rich he can't go back in time right but he he wants to this is his best option right but he's also like talking to laura during he's like this is i don't know if this is ethical um so anyway they arrive they arrive at the um at the 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 park and they they basically the 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 big mega yacht goes off into the distance and they're they're basically marooned there because they want it to be a very it's like a very authentic experience so like shipwrecked on this pirate isle um and they make their way to these little bungalows um and then they uh they start seeing these they suddenly like as as night falls they start hearing the whooping and hollering of piracy they start seeing hearing like yo ho ho's coming from the from the distance um is this exciting to them at, at first, first they're very, or are yeah. they, are they like immediately like all the rich out? people are super, super excited about this and they start, you know, putting up their <clears throat> monocles and are kind of like trying to find a pirate, you know, 
Um, yeah. But Laura, yeah. Twiddling their mustaches. Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum are a little bit freaked out here. And, and Jeff Goldblum, he's like, oh, this is like, I can tell this is a particularly aggressive pirate call. Like, this is not just like, yo ho ho, how you doing? This is like, yo ho ho, I'm going to fucking kill you. And so he like, he like pulls Laura Dern back because he's like, these pirates mean serious business with the tone of their yo ho ho's. Um, and so, and then suddenly there's just this like, like, like one of the like sp- like the most like haughty like shit eating kind of old like like plutocrat who's on the trip we he's been very annoying up to this point you know saying things like oh how many dvds do these pirates have you know and and just like making dumb <laughs> jokes like that so we hate him what um, an asshole <laughs> he like he he suddenly like a like a spear just like like goes right through his fucking face and and there's the, and then everybody that sounds and very like satisfying. A, 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 you know the the caviar that plate that he was holding just like clatters to the ground and and suddenly it's like chaos like all of the all of the plutes are getting just massacred by these pirates who are coming in yeah. and hooking them with their hook hands and and using yeah so, dang Willie and this is the first night yeah I'm loving up, this Luke? and I. I I just it begs the question are the pirates the good guys in this story <laughs> well it's really it's really really interesting it is interesting because Jacob's right it is satisfying to see to see a spear go through the face of this this rich guy who's making piracy jokes mm-hmm. and I, I want to see more throughout the whole film yeah, yeah. so um so there, well, let me tell you, just, just hold on to your, to your booty here. Um, uh, batten down the fucking hatches, my boys, um, because we're about to enter act two. So um, oh basically what happens is um, the, after this massacre, like the, the whole bungalow is like there's flames everywhere and suddenly stepping out. Uh, onto the deck is Stephen Long. Is that how you spell it? pronounce his name? Stephen Long. Stephen Lang. Sure. Um, sure. Just like the sure. biggest and meanest of the pirates, and he, uh, he, he, his, he says, "Yo ho ho, my name's Black Dog Silver," and the, sure. the uh, and he, uh, he sort of. Uh, is he he goes into the bungalow and he's like looking around and he he sees like a weird like like blue opening kind of in in one of the bungalows and he's like yar what is what could that be and he like pulls it open well i yeah I, I don't want to interrupt you. I'm sorry. This is a very like important moment, but I'd really love to hear your best Stephen Lang. <laughs> He's like, oh, shit. I don't even know. He's like, all right. I'm a pirate. He's Stephen Lang pretending to be a pirate. So like. <laughs> He's like, all right, scrums. All right, scrums. Move out. I'm a pirate. <laughs> Didn't disappoint. Not in the slightest. (laughs) 
It's everything I everything I hope for. So anyway, he he see and, and, and he's created this this sort of military perimeter around this this camp, and he's moving in, and he and he sees this little blue blue opening, and he's like, "All right, what be this?" And he he pulls it he pulls it open, and there's and there's this weird like metal like totally modern, but to him he doesn't even know what modern is like shaft and he's like oh what sorcery be this and he he goes down into it and he uh and he's he suddenly sees like there are all these like machines and weird uh like monitors and stuff in there and he's like yar what be this and and he and he looks (laughs) and he sees a picture of himself up there and like these weird like strands of dna and stuff like that like kind of you know and and like ones and zeros like you know just like technology shit going on in front of yeah, in front yeah. of him yeah yeah yeah. and yeah, then yeah. he sees this like tube and he follows this tube deeper into the facility and then this tube kind of branches out into a bubble and he sees he sees a skeleton there and it, the skeleton has his hair his exact hair <laughs> and, oh and he's God. like yar what be this and then he's like, "Be that, be that me." And then he picks up the skeleton and he's like, "Yar, who are you?" And the skeleton like just shatters into dust. And then wow. And then he's he has this like, and then he, and then he like sees this like tome like right next to it, and he's and and mm-hmm. and it's and it says like the last entry is like. I got I got fifteen crowns from a a weird sailor in in strange garb who wanted to swab the inside of me mouth and put a weird <laughs> helmet on me that said it would preserve me memories. Yar, and I was and 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 then and then Stephen Lang is like, oh my god, I'm a copy. <laughs> And he and he and and he uh, goes what? no, and he like slams slams and just like destroys the lab and 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 gouts of electricity and flames start shooting up and he and then and then it cuts cuts oh. to cuts to Jeff Goldblum and Laura Dern and they're sort of cowering. I was just about to ask what those two were up to. So they're cowering. They're cowering. Sort of. Um, basically, Jeff Goldblum has said. Pirates. The one thing that pirates really, really hate is the land, and and so we, what we need to do is we need to just we need to like bury ourselves deep in in the ground in order to to survive these pirates. So so he and Laura Dern. Boy, that that's uh, isn't that a kind of a dangerous proposition? Because as much as pirates hate land, they love buried yeah. treasure. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, so. They just have to make sure that they don't leave a map yeah. somewhere with an well, X mark the in the spot where so, they buried themselves. Oh no! So, so they've they've buried themselves underneath it, and Stephen Lang comes back up and is like looking around. You see everything kind of from his perspective, and he 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 looks around and he sees a little mound there, and 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 he kind of you you see his perspective sort of zoom in, and then he's like. Be there treasure down there? And he 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 grabs them and, and he just sees Jeff Goldblum and Laura Dern cowering there and he's like, Ah, some landlubbers. And he 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 grabs them and 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 takes them hostage. 
So anyway, oh man. So anyway, then that, that so that's the end of Act. That, that's the end of Act One, and then Act Two begins, and it's Laura Dern. I thought we were, thought we were already well into Laura Act Dern. Two. <laughs> well, I had to establish, had to establish some things for Act Two. I'm sorry. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not complaining. So anyway, um, then, then uh, Act Two begins, and Jeff Goldblum and Laura Dern are are in a in a little sort of suspended cage, and and Jeff Goldblum is like, "Don't worry, I I'm fluent in pirate because I'm a pirate historian." So mm-hmm. he he says he he kind of talks to one of the pirates and says, "Yar, uh, I'm a pirate as well." I, I will. I. I- I hate to interrupt again, but could could you grace us with your best Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> this is Jeff Goldblum pretending to be a pirate. He's like, of course, yar, uh, I I'm a pirate, and uh, you, you see, I I I come from a different island far away. <laughs> wow, that's really good. Yeah, it's incredible. Jeff is like really getting into this role because it's almost unrecognizable as Jeff Goldblum, which is a testament to his performance in this movie. He kind of sounds a little bit like he sounds like if Kermit the Frog was a real person. That's kind of my view of Jeff Goldblum. So he's like, "Yo, I'm a I'm a pirate." That's exactly how Jeff Goldblum sounds. Okay, when he's when he's trying to be a pirate, I think Jeff would agree. Sure, and so yeah, I think so. Anyway, he uh, he convinces them. He's like, I just I I I'm a pirate from far away, and I would like to learn the pirate ways of pirates here on this here pirate cove. And they were like, Mm. there's some sense in that, and and so. They, 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 um, and he, he also like has like this cool coin trick. He like teaches them how to like do cool, like coin, coin pocketing and, and palming and stuff. And they think that that's pretty neat. So, so they're like, okay, this guy's all right. And they, they basically, um, they, they let him out and, and, and teach him to go to work. And so the, the next, like, seriously like hour and a half of this movie is just them learning how to be pirates it's just like a deep deep um montage of them learning all the ways of the pirates um so what what kind of things can we expect to be seeing flashing across that screen willie well they learn how to catch fish they they learn how to the different drinking games um Mm. there are like uh this particular group of pirates they're like really really like weirdly almost like symbiotically attuned to dolphins like they just like like are very close to dolphins and they know how to sort of like speak dolphin they kind of go and then they and that like like the the dolphins then will let them ride on their backs so they they do a lot of like dolphin riding um, it, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. They kind of mm-hmm. they get to really learn about the undersea biome, but also sort of they learn a lot about pot parrots as well. They each get their own parrot that they kind of bond with. It's like this beautiful. Mm-hmm. They just kind of get to know the environment of a pirate, you know. And and so wow. and suddenly they realize these pirates are pretty good. These pirates are just these pirates are just trying to look after the natural order of things and also take from the rich. And th- to me, that that that's like 
a totally worth it. Worth, kind of a worthy win-win. goal, right? Unfortunately, yeah. Horatio Jigglebutt, he oh, wants no. his he wants his um very his his theme park to be to 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 be back in service, right? This is this is no good. Horatio Jigglebutt does not like this. Um so he uh he hires like a sort of a a an army for hire, like I guess mercenary army to go and and, sure. and capture these pirates. And he said it, it, the 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 main pirate, oh, what Black Dog Silver, um we just need to get him. If we can get him and his family, then the rest of them will will sur- surrender. Um so then he he actually he he has uh he's actually he clones for his number one um mercenary he clones he's like who can take down jack um black dog silver better than black dog silver himself so he clones steven oh long again God. but this time he's like a he's like a a modern time mercenary like you know hoorah type figure you know of um, course and so and so uh then then enters the third act um the third act is oh, is uh the thrilling denouement where um a bunch of uh uh mercenaries come with their big guns and try to take down the pirates but the pirates like Laura Laura Dern and Jeff Goldrum have learned the way of the pirate and they they um they uh are able to deflect the bullets with their 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 their, their swords and their their hooks and um and the, and also the dolphins come They're, when things look the most bleak a whole school of dolphins come and like fucking just like like flop all over the mercenaries and and no and, and drown no them way. um uh and then there's like this long wow. pi- like the mercenary boat um gets like critically damaged by by one of the dolphins and starts to shank to sink and laura dern and jeff goldblum have to hold their breath underwater for like 12 minutes um but jesus but, christ but, but fortunately a uh 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 like a little baby octopus that that Laura Dern got like like kind of bonded with and became like a little bit of a mascot, you know, for for Laura Dern, a little a little bit of like a little animal companion for Laura Dern. It finds them and, and shows them the way out of the sinking ship, and um, wow, and uh, and Steve, yes, the the evil Stephen Long gets killed by the the good pirate Stephen Long, um, uh, mm. and then. And then, oh, oh, and and in in his hubris, um, Edward Norton as as um, Horatio Jigglebutt, Horatio Jigglebutt. Um, um, he he had come along because he wanted to see sort of the conquest um, unfold, and he's kind of a he's a bit of a like control freak, you know. Um, and Stephen Long, oh, no. Stephen Long, uh, the pirate Stephen Long. Um, Find, like they they like fall under the water and and um and we don't know who's which Stephen Long has 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 survived and um and then out of out of the water climbs a naked Stephen Long and and Horatio oh Jigglebutt's God. like you got him right you got him and 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 Stephen Long's like oh I got him and then and then they they like get closer and then Stephen Long like cuts slits slits horatio's 
throat and it says his butt and, oh and and oh. also yeah slips and then and then and then okay. reaches around and slits his butt and says how is that for booty am i right yes and then, yeah and then yeah he and does. then steven lawton or and then and then horatio dies and um and oh. then and then the pirates go on to live their happy pirate life in the cove un un did- Unbothered. Did Jeff Goldblum and Laura Dern stay yeah, with them? Yeah, Jeff Goldblum and Laura, they decide to stay as pirates because they, they've God. they've befriended the so pirate ecosystem to too that. much. Have um, they befriended them, or have they become wow. family? They've kind of become family. Yeah. Oh, one of the pirates is also played um, by you know what's his name, Family Guy. Uh, Paul, Paul Walker. Paul Walker. Not he's Paul not Walker alive anymore. Vin Diesel. No. Vin Diesel, yeah, Vin Diesel was the other one. I always forget his name, which is weird because he's got a really memorable name. Yeah, he's also a really memorable person. Uh, and that was my pitch. Uh, wow. Will, as always, just the, the wild originality, the cohesive nature of the story, um, you knocked it out of the park. Thank you. Oh, I shipped thank it. You. Yeah. Luke? I loved it. I ship it too, but your vote's the only one that matters today, Jacob. <laughs> That's a lot of power. You'll be shipping your own pitch. But I well. accept. Well, we'll see. It depends on if I'm happy with what I pitch. <laughs> you totally botch it. You forget all I your totally ideas. totally botch it. <laughs> <laughs> you just sit there silently for 15 minutes. Um, uh, uh. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. I, who knows what the future holds? Not me. Not even Horatio Jigglebutt. He could only see the past, not the future. Um, I can go next uh, if you yeah, want, Luke. Go for it. Take it away. Okay. Um, so Willie's pitch was a little bit of a like a modern take on the pirate genre. Uh, my pitch is going to be a little bit of a futuristic <gasps> take on the pirate Whoa. genre, perhaps. I like that. So my my film is set. Uh, roughly a hundred years in the future. Let's call it. Let's call it twenty-one thirty-seven, just for a nice round that is number. Nice and round. Um, and the film opens on a, a transport spaceship um, that is en route from Earth to Mars. Oh my gosh! For um, in this in this alternative future, potentially our actual future. Um, humans have inhabited Mars, and there is, in fact, a, a 
booming economy on Mars. It's kind of a vacation destination, um, and there is a a massive casino mm-hmm. um, that is kind of built into um, Olympus Mons, the oh, volcano so that rad. is the largest volcano on in in our solar system, I believe. Um, and so this this transport ship is <clears throat> transporting uh, large amounts of, Mars of bars. valuables, money, really. <laughs> not, not customers, not customers. This is this is a this is like kind of a, an interplanetary Brinks truck, if you will. Um, and it is, yeah, it's it's coming into Mars, and it is it, it, they attempt to make contact with ground control on Mars. Um, and they, they say, you know, transport vessel to, to ground control. And there's just some crackling on the other end. And they attempt again, ground control or, a uh, transport vehicle to ground control crackling again. They try one more time. And, uh, this third time that they try, instead of hearing the dulcet tones of their favorite ground control operator, they hear, um, a different <laughs> voice. And the voice that they hear is one that strikes terror into their hearts. Uh, for it is the voice of none other than <clears throat> iconic, legendary space pirate Ophelia Bell Tower Robichaux. Oh my god. Um, the most wanted criminal in the galaxy. Um, Panic ensues on the transport vessel. They try to try desperately to call for assistance, but are unable to contact anybody as they have been straight up hacked uh, by the Bell Tower Robichaux pirate gang. Um, they are boarded. Their vessel is boarded. They are dispatched and off into the the into the into the darkness of space goes ophelia with her with her catch credits roll opening credits roll <laughs> um <laughs> next shot <clears throat> after the credits um we enter the chambers of uh the one world government um and there is in in about to start is is a speech uh by the president of earth um uh the president's hand has been forced um we find out that uh space piracy has become a major problem in in the galaxy um and we we learn a little bit about why so before recent memory, there was a, a legendary crime-fighting duo who kept the, the forces of evil in check. Um, but one of the two was killed. Mm. Um, and the other of the two uh, was so consumed uh, by grief over the death of his partner that he went into... He just he just took off. He's he's no longer in the picture, and so Earth has been scrambling in recent months to cobble together a uh, a force that can make up for um, 
the the vacuum that has been left um, after these what were essentially two superheroes um, had had vanished, disappeared. Um, and so part of this part of this press conference is just uh, addressing the the space piracy. And another part of this um, press conference is the introduction of uh, a newly minted sheriff of space, mm. um, uh, uh, an ancient and enormous man by the name of Ironsides Bigum. Oh wow! Um, who is set to take over law enforcement in space. Um, and so Ironsides Bigum is introduced, um, lays out his five-step plan, um, and uh, basically uh, assures everybody on Earth that uh, uh, he's in charge now. He's going to take care of these, these bad guys. Um, and they have nothing to fear. Um, but these are just words. Um, so we see after this press conference is concluded, we see, uh, the the sheriff of space start to put together a team task force, uh, that is going to hopefully take, take care of this space piracy problem. But while this is happening, like literally while these meetings are happening, the space pirates are just running rampant. They're picking off transport vessels left and right. Um, the ship, their their uh, flagship, if you will, it's just faster. It is more technologically advanced, and it is um, it's just better than anything that the that the that Earth has to offer. Uh, we're still like kind of early early days of space commerce. Um, so the the uh, the transport vessels are kind of clunky, and uh, the space pirates just have superior technology, and so their their mo is kind of to remotely hack the vessels so that their communications are cut off, and then like I don't know, use some tractor beams or something to slow them down and just board them, take them, kill everybody, take the money, and whisk it off to uh, to some unknown yeah, location. Are the can I ask a question, um, Jacob? Are the of course the pirates Earthlings or former Earthlings, or are they from all over the place? Like, do do they have better tech um, because they're from a distant galaxy or something? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the, so Ophelia Belltower Robichaux is human, um, but she has goons that are yeah they're. They're they're using alien tech. They're using uh, alien goons. Um, It's it's a motley Mm. crew of like-minded individuals who you know just want to steal lots of stuff. Like that's the that's the big draw here. Is they're like our tech is better. Let's just let's just you know milk these stupid primitive Earthlings for all they're worth while we still can. Who's playing Uh, Ophelia? that's a great question. Um, it's definitely an open casting call. I would I would love to hear uh, if you guys have any recommendations. I think mm. you've used Zazie Beats before, but but she's come yeah. to mind for me. Yeah, Zazie Beats would absolutely knock this role out of the park. So let's just say it's Zazie Beats. Um. So 
Uh, Space Sheriff Ironside's Bigum has been on the job for a couple of months, and he is just completely ineffective. Uh, like his the the ships that he's got that he's trying to use to chase down these space pirates are just laughably slow, um, and he has he he's he's kind of old school. <clears throat> his background is he was a he was a small town sheriff in Texas, and he basically just got the job because he's been a sheriff for a really long time <laughs> and he knows the president he knows the the, the earth president uh. really well um and so like he has the, all the a lot of ideas about like chivalry and gallantry and uh and it just you know that shit just it doesn't matter to these to these space pirates like the space pirates do what needs to be done and bigums is you may i mean like in in, in a in a certain way like he's trying to do the right thing but the 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 fact of the matter is he's a dinosaur uh he's not the right yeah, man for the yeah. job and to the credit of earth earth the earth president he realizes this and he has a sit-down meeting with ironsides and he says ironsides you know i love you we go way back uh, i suppose they're both texan so ironsides <laughs> We go way back. Uh, you know that I respect you. I respect the way that you go about your business. But the fact of the matter is, uh, these space pirates, they stop at nothing. So we can't stop at nothing neither. Is the is this president a Bush descendant? Yes. <laughs> he is a... Yeah, he is... He is um, yeah, he's George... He's George X. Bush the, the, the seventh. <laughs> um... From, yeah, from a long line of, of bushes, the that that family in particular is still very re- relevant. And uh, interestingly, though, he is uh, not a direct descendant of of W. He's actually one of Jeb's great oh. great 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 grandchildren. Um, so he's got a little bit of the uh, of like a, a conscience as well. That's Jeb's yeah. thing, right? Sure. He's like he's a, he's a bit of a softy. He's a softy. bit of a softy, but. Real low energy. Yeah, really low energy. He's got extremely <laughs> low energy. He he's he's a bit of a softy, but on the plus side, he also has yeah, he's also real low energy. That's why the people love him <laughs> in this in this future. And Ironside's Bigum is he's not he's not super happy about this, but he understands. Um, and so uh, George X. Bush the seventh says to him. Uh, you know, I hate to do this to you, but I, I got to introduce a deputy who's going to work alongside you. And the deputy strolls into the room, and it is famed former uh, drug enforcement agent Xanadu Platt. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, Could I yes. recommend a first line for this guy to say? <laughs> Absolutely. Abso- abso- right. Xanadu strolls in. Yeah, flips off his sunglasses, just like throws them across the room like a badass. Uh-huh. Peers uh-huh. over at Ironsides and says, "You're in my seat, Ironsides. Those sides of yours are starting to show a little rust." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude! That's a good one. You, you're supplying oh, all the one-liners, dude. Dude, the, that that zinger. Oh my god, that was. That was so choice. Yeah, 100% that's what he says. Now, Xanadu is, uh, he's an East Coast guy. He's, he's, uh, he, he, he came up in, he came up in the, he came up tough in the streets of Boston. Um, and so he, the, 
the reason that he was selected is that uh, Space President believes that Xanadu is a man who is willing to bend the rules a little bit and is willing to get his hands dirty in the pursuit of justice. Um, and so we see we see a shift um, in in the way that that I mean we're, we're like all throughout this we're seeing lots of like space chases that are going on like a lot of near misses some battles some like showdowns in alleyways like on the moons of Jupiter and stuff there's like all sorts of stuff going on and like the theme of the day up until this point is that Ironside's uh, deputies and his his workers are just a little bit too slow. Um, but now that Xanadu's on the scene, we start we start seeing these these same encounters, and they're starting to win some of them. Um, Xanadu's a little bit of a Han Solo type. Um, you know, he's not he's not above shooting first. Mm. If mm. if we're going to extend the Han Solo Han Solo comparison, if you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, like he's going undercover. He's trying to do everything that he possibly can to infiltrate this this nefarious space pirate gang. Um, <clears throat> and against the odds, Xanadu uh, he kind of he he kind of takes over. Uh, he he kind of takes over the the space sheriff's department a little bit. Ironsides is still the figurehead, um, but Xanadu's Dick Cheney, um, and he's he's, he's pulling, the, pulling the, string. the strings, and so. His special task force, Xanadu's special task force, um, starts zeroing in on Ophelia Bell Tower Robichaux herself. Um, and he, using his network of spies, he finds out that uh, Ophelia Bell Tower Robichaux has been kind of hiding in plain sight. And she actually uh, is residing in. And you're not going to believe how how um, how cheeky this is, but she's residing in a penthouse in the Olympus Mons oh Casino. Oh my gosh! I knew we'd get this casino coming back. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and so Xanadu and a couple of his trusted deputies um, ingratiate themselves to the workers at the casino, and they basically set up a sting. And they're like, "We're going to pose as bellboys, and we're going to bring." Uh, a real tasty meal to uh, Ophelia Belltower Robichaux's penthouse suite in the Olympus Mons Casino, and we are going to take we're going to take this take this lady down. We're going to put an end to this piracy once and for all. And so they show up at the casino. They don their outfits. We get some like Ocean Eleven style Ocean's Eleven style music playing. Um, they bring Ophelia Belltower Robichaux her favorite meal, uh, which, as everybody knows, is um, a grilled cheese sandwich with tomato soup. Have it under one of those silver platters. They show up at her door. They knock on the door. They open the door. Um, Ophelia Belltower Robichaux opens the door, and there are 15 goons behind her who are all holding weapons up, pointed at Xanadu Platt and his, his sparse... Uh, stealth team they've been caught it turns out all along there is a mole inside the department and you want to know who it was it was Ironsides it was Ironsides Bigum he he got flipped and he got flipped because he fell in love with Ophelia Bell Tower (laughs) show it's a story it's a story as old as time who wouldn't yeah Yeah. bit of an age gap turns out he was just 
<laughs> bit of an age gap. He was a dirty old man who was lusting after this beautiful space pirate, and he was like putty in her hands. Like nothing happens. <laughs> it's like it's not it's not gross. It's just like it's just, a, how it is. It's just like a. It's just how it is. It's just a, a an old man being seduced by somebody much cleverer than him. Um, and so Xana Duplat is being held at gunpoint, and it's looking like curtains for the task force. It's looking like curtains for the what seems to be the last hope to take down this nefarious criminal who's having her way uh, through the transports of of uh, this er- this commerce. Um, and there's a bit of a standoff as Xanadu and his deputies draw, unholster their weapons. And it seems like everything's about to kick off when uh, through the hallway of the casino on the penthouse floor strolls none other than Earth's great hero, Mr. Man. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Mr. Man? Oh Unbelievable. I think we maybe Mr. Man. Okay, is this the Mr. Mr. Man? Man? Our listeners may need this an explanation. The backstory. <laughs> Why right. is this the uh, best twist of all time? Let them know. This this is maybe the best. Okay, so um the story that you've heard up until this point is a loose interpretation of my early draft for the big F four. Oh my God. Um, it's not that it's not exactly the same plot because I'm still working on the, on the radio play of the big F four. Um, but some of the beats are the same. Mr. Man is earth's greatest hero. Um, he has appeared in the big F one. Well, no, actually he wasn't in the big F one. Uh, Luke Ramhead was in big F one. Um, he was certainly the protagonist of the Big F Three, which was a, a film project that Luke and Will and I and a number of our other friends filmed over the course of about a decade, um, starting when we were about thirteen or we're fourteen. We're technically still filming it. You're still yeah. filming it. Technically, we're still filming. <laughs> we'll never stop. The finale. The finale was. A masterpiece, my magnum opus, um, but was tragically lost in a computer crash. Um, but yeah, so the the, the big if three has technically never ended. Um, but yeah, Mister Man is basically the embodiment of all that is good um, in America. He uh, is virtuous, he is honorable, and he kills everybody by breaking their necks. <laughs> yeah. um, and his his intrepid sidekick, Lucky Lad. Uh, was tragically killed. Um, the The death of Lucky Lad is what was being mourned at the beginning of this of this film. Um, the president of Earth is the brother of Agent Argusin, played by Max Jennings, uh, who's Earth President Earth President Argusin. So, the, um, this film could start with the the Lucky Lad montage that we filmed the songs. <laughs> <laughs> this film could conceivably start with wow. the Lucky Lad montage can, that Luke and I filmed in New York City um, approximately a decade ago. Like Get that audio in here, Willie. 
give I do like that the twist of this is that it's the big if four and it's only revealed in the, <laughs> the last like 15 minutes of the movie I uh, yes yeah it's it's a surprise to most people um it might not be Ted, Ted may Ted who will probably listen to this may have caught on because he and I workshopped the beginning of the movie oh and gosh. Ted knows a little bit about the characters. Um, and I thought that maybe I had told you guys the names of the characters. So I thought you might catch on, but it's, you didn't, which made the reveal that much a better. A couple of weeks since you talked about that. So I'm reeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, in any case, b- back to the pitch. We can we can wrap this up. I mean, things go about how you would expect. So, Mr. Man shows up. He sees that there's this standoff going on. He, in his intrepidity, which I'm choosing to believe is a word, immediately scopes the situation and can tell that Xanadu Platt is the one that he needs to be protecting. Um, so, he flies into this penthouse Um I mean, he's kind of like, so like when he's walking down the hallway, he looks a little bit like sad Keanu. Like he's still very much um, yeah. mourning the loss of Lucky Lad and he's kind of lost he his sits purpose. Down on every bench. He's like the, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the righteousness of his cause is called into question. Um, such was the bond that he had with Lucky Lad. Um, but he is, he's just, he's snapped out of this reverie. Um, when he when he sees Ophelia Bell Tower Rubbishow, because although he's in mourning, he still you know he still knows what's going on in the world, and he understands that that um, this lady pirate is is a threat to the sovereignty of Earth and the solar system at large. Um, and deep down inside him, he still cares about that. Even though his heart is broken, he still cares about what is right, what is just. And it is not right for Ophelia Bell Tower Robichaux to go around killing all these all these innocent transport drivers. They're just people doing a job. Yeah. Um, also, and so you see, maybe one of the things that ahead. she pirated was the the end of Big F three. That's why yeah. it never came out. <laughs> so he's got that, that extra oh, big chip on God. his shoulder. That'll be that'll be a big reveal. Is that yeah. it? Turns out that she, yeah, she was the reason that the. Yeah. The incredible finale to the Big F three never made it to the public, and Lucky Lad's tribute video never came out. He's mostly upset about that. But yeah, you see, like you see the the gears start to whir in his mind. And you see a flame in his eye as he is abruptly ripped out of his of his deep depression and. Uh, is is handed a purpose on a silver platter. And so he flies into this room like a goddamn whirling dervish and starts breaking necks left, right, and center. <laughs> They're shooting at him, but he's he's like moving in the matrix. Like he he has all of this pent-up heroism inside of him that he hasn't been using since the death of Lucky Lad, and it just it pours out of him um, like a waterfall, and he snaps neck after neck after neck after neck until he finally... Um, <clears throat> has uh, Ophelia Belltower Robichaux's head in his hands. And Xanadu Platt is a little bit horrified by what he's seen. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's just killed like 15 goons in the space of about 15 seconds. And he says, wait! And Lucky Lad, like, kind of, or sorry, Mr. Man sort of snaps out of his reverie for a second and realizes what's happening and he's like i i see what i've done i've killed all these all these terrible criminals but justice dictates 
that we must we must stop short of killing ophelia bell tower rose show because she needs to be brought to justice and she she her trial is what will um what will allow earth to heal what will allow earthlings and the people of the galaxy to see that there is still a process to justice and you can trust that uh the right people are going to do the right thing and so he instead of breaking her neck in a moment of great growth uh takes her into custody um and walks her down through the lobby of olympus mons casino uh and into xanadu platt's uh intergalactic cruiser and they fly off to earth where ophelia bell tower robichaux will be brought to justice and that is the end of chapter one of the big f4 Can the can the credit song be like like Enya or something singing the Lucky Lad song? A hundred percent. It'll be like a compilation of Enya and and the most Enya like people singing a "We Are the World" yeah. style Lucky Lad. It'd be Celine Dion. <laughs> yes, in for that's a while. that's the second person that I thought of. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. 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 Uh, so it turns out you didn't forget everything, Jacob. Yeah. No, I didn't. I was, I was, I was playing with a little bit of a, a loaded deck because this is an idea that I have been workshopping for quite a while. But I'm glad that the the moment wasn't too big, the the lights weren't too bright, and I was able to remember it. Well, because it's your birthday, um, you, you you deserve a loaded deck. On yeah. Your birthday. Any other day, you might have succumbed, <laughs> but not today. <laughs> Not, not on your thirty-first through fortieth birthday. <laughs> yeah, not on one of those birthdays. Uh, not in the decade sure. of the twenty twenties. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, with with your blessing, and since I have the only vote that matters, I'm going to shit my own yeah. pitch. We have a first tier on pitch hunt. <laughs> Sometimes there's songs. Wow. How Just does so you one know, I would have shipped it. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm. I'm sorry. I re- I'm realizing now that I maybe should have gone last, but I I have no doubt that you'll yeah. ably follow that up. Well, Luke. you know what? My pitch will certainly pale in comparison, but it's very much targeted at you for your birthday, Jacob. So I think. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, Since hell I've yeah. primed you to be the only person voting here, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to get a ship. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is Samara weaving in this pitch? Uh, now she is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a strong start. <laughs> so, we start out. Uh, you went to the future. Will, Will did a modern pirate take. I'm turning back the hands of time a little bit, going to just oh, kind of your yeah. traditional pirate era. Um, there's a, a Spanish fleet it. in a misty sea. They can't see much. 
they're trying to just like look through their their little eye scope things uh, mm-hmm. because they're worried that they're vulnerable in this thick, thick, foggy mist. And then all of a the sudden, these very expertly timed and placed sticks of dynamite blow holes in the base of all five of their ships. Oh my oh gosh. Oh and they boy. slowly start to sink below the water. And then, cutting through the mist, a giant, ominous-looking pirate ship slowly emerges. Heck yeah. A lady pirate queen with lots of swagger, Mm -hmm. luscious Mm -hmm. blonde hair, and (laughs) the face of Samara Weaving pops up (laughs) the the front of the boat and lands squarely on the deck of one of the sinking ships. No way. All of the men, the Spanish, uh, I guess, what are they? Are they Navy Navy men? Yeah, probably, if they're on a ship. Yeah, they just... Unless they're conquistadors. They say, oh no, it's her. Let's surrender. And they just drop all their swords, all their muskets on the ground. And they look at her, get down on the ground, and just let her walk into the below the deck and, and take all their treasures and, and leave. Dang. That's the kind of reputation she's got. She's got a bad reputation, is what I'm gathering. Yeah. Unless you're a pirate, then it's a good good reputation. It's all That's a matter true. of perspective. Yeah. Uh, so a, a couple of these Navy men find their way onto like a, a little wooden raft and eventually float their way back to, to shore, and they... You know, try to pick up their confidence because they need to now tell the king of Spain what has happened. And it's a tough conversation. Yeah, they, they get to the palace and they're they're waiting outside the door, and they're like, you know, maybe it won't be so bad. I've heard that the <laughs> king's a bit of a, a moody guy, but we've only lost five ships. You know, he's got he's got dozens more. <laughs> he's got maybe dozens. he's in a good mood today. And and they're kind of listening. As the king is uh, in his his meeting before them, and it's with with his wife, and his wife is is saying to the king, "Honey, I'm I'm so sorry, but uh, I guess I'm just uh, not able to to bear children." And uh, oh no, the king just without hesitation chops her head off. <laughs> oh, Jesus! <laughs> and he turns to what his his right hand man and says. Find me a new wife now. <laughs> oh my god. This guy's a fucking psychopath. Uh, yeah. So dude, so they're dude. they're sitting there and they're okay. like, oh, you know, maybe he is in a pretty bad mood today. Uh, <laughs> let's try to sugarcoat it. <laughs> so they get back in <laughs> and they 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 tell the king, like, oh, no big deal, but you know, we we uh we're, we were kind of in some some rocky rocky seas and uh some of our ships sank and uh also there happened to be a pirate just sailing by and they they happened to take some treasure but uh it was mostly the rocky seas that did it <laughs> they so, nailed it <laughs> like it's it's not about yeah. like us looking weak it's not about the country of spain uh seeming inferior to these pirates in any way <laughs> And the king says, 
and I think the king's played by Javier Bardem, by the way. He's Spanish, oh my right? God. Uh, of course. He better That's terrifying. be. Yeah. He f- yeah. fucking better be the so king. So he, he brings a real presence to the role. And yeah. he tells, uh, well, he kills one of the men. And then he tells the, the second one, this will happen to you too if you don't successfully infiltrate that pirate ship and bring them mm-hmm. down from within. Mm-hmm. 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 And uh, this guy's like, okay, well, I don't want to end up dead. I better go, you know, infiltrate this Do pirate that. ship. Be, <laughs> be the best infiltrator that I can be for my king. Uh, oh, yeah. So he departs, makes his way to a, a salty port town where this pirate ship happens to be docking. And turns out they're hiring. So he makes up a cool <laughs> pirate name for himself and, you know, gives them his resume. Can this guy be played by Steve Zahn, he please? He is played by Steve Zahn. Yeah. <laughs> That's great that's great he's got a real plucky candy yeah, yeah, yeah. attitude so it's steve's on uh and he <laughs> he puts on his resume that his name is sand dollar steve <laughs> uh, and uh because he's also spanish he says it with the the, the spanish lisp so it's than dollar steve. yeah than dollar steve <laughs> uh and but also kind whoa. of a minnesotan accent as well Exactly. Yeah. So exactly how Luke said it. (laughs) And he, you know, he gets gets the job. And then from from off screen, we get a hold up, hold up, (gasps) Grandpa. Oh my God! You're telling me this Sand Dollar (laughs) Steve guy is able to infiltrate (laughs) Dread Pirate Robert's ship? You, Luke, you. You loaded your own deck too. You pitching me a Princess Bride I'm sequel. Pitching me a Princess Bride sequel. So oh we, we my god! We get oh my a god! Severely de-aged, the dread pirate, and kind of shrunken down Fred Savage, who's still sick in bed, <laughs> and a, a deep faked uh, Peter Falk. Peter Falk, who rest in peace. Is uh, oh. is still there reading his his grandson the sequel to Princess Bride because oh man turns out he had like a real nasty sickness and and was just <laughs> stuck in bed for a couple extra weeks after the the first movie Got a wrapped nasty case of yeah. bubble gut they were long weeks yeah yeah um so if you're familiar with the Princess Bride lore as I know Jacob is. And maybe Will mm-hmm. is. Uh, I should hope so. Dread Pirate Roberts, which was Wesley's title, is a title that's handed down from pirate to pirate whenever they want to retire. And mm-hmm. uh, Samara Weaving is Wesley and Buttercup's daughter. God! That is so good, dude. That is so good. So she's taken over. Okay. And uh, hires, hires Sand Dollar Steve onto the boat. And they're sailing around, and, you know, we get this kind of, like, just little montage of life on life at sea, and turns out it's pretty sweet. The whole crew, they love each other, they embrace Sand Dollar Steve, Sand Dollar Steve kind of likes it there, but he doesn't want to end up dead, so 
he's sticking to his guns and plans to infiltrate and take them down somehow when he figures out the best way to do that. But we get a side story, too, because um, Dread Pirate Roberts slash young Princess Buttermug is uh, <laughs> falling in love herself oh, with wow. one of the deckhands mm. who's named Wiley and <laughs> played by, uh, I don't know, who should Wiley be played by? By Jacob. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, I didn't want to be the one to say it, but I really would like that role. Played by Jacob in his uh, feature film debut. <laughs> so Jacob's there, you know, scrubbing the deck. Um, <laughs> and every time he's asked to do some deck chore, he says that he says as you wish to oh, wow. Princess Buttermug. Mm, and eventually mm, she realizes mm, that, that shit works. That yeah, yeah, that shit works. Worked for worked for her parents and it's working on her. Um like mother like yeah. daughter. She realizes that it means I love you and I'd follow you to the end of the world. And eventually he realizes that that's what he means too and they fall in love we get very uh some very realistic love scenes between the two of them (laughs) (laughs) that are very intimate and graphic full full penetration you see everything yeah you see everything everything. nothing's there's no guesswork um and Eventually, about nine months have passed, and we cut to oh boy, a very very pregnant Dread Pirate Roberts, mm-hmm. and she and her Wiley are just kind of peering off into the sunset. There's tons of calm, and then suddenly there's a massive massive rumble. Oh no! And turns out they're sailing right above a shallow sea where there's a fault line and there's a crack. Oh man. And they start to spiral as water sinks below the earth and they end up in a ginormo cave system getting sucked below the earth. What a goddamn twist. Oh my God. Is it a cave system or is it a mouth? That's what I want to (laughs) know. Well, in a way it's the mouth of the earth. Will. But it's just a cave system. (laughs) (laughs) No Jaegers involved in this movie. (laughs) And the boat itself, their ship is torn apart. The crew, they're all scattered as they get sucked into this whirlpool, sucked below the water. And as... Please tell me Sand Dollar Steve is okay. Sand Dollar Steve... He ends up being okay, gets sucked below the ground into this cave system. But tragically, Wiley and Buttercup are, Buttermug, excuse me, are separated. Oh, and as this is happening, uh, Buttermug also goes into labor. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Just really, really bad timing yeah, bad on that timing. one. But understandable. Uh. It's a real stressful situation. And her baby pops out. Um, Is it a really realistic baby? Like, pretty much, like, can't be faked. Exact. 
genetic. Yeah. Like, I think the only way <laughs> to have this baby come out looking this good on screen would be for the actor of Wiley and the, the actress of Buttermug to actually yeah. conceive the baby consensually I, I wish i wish there was a better way to do it but it really does seem like that would be the only way just in in the interest of cinema yeah. verite yeah you there's know? some things you just shouldn't suspend your disbelief for and this yeah. is one of them yeah 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 i agree uh so this baby comes out and eventually in, over the course of this earthquake that's happening the ground kind of seals itself back up above them. And oh. dang it. Somewhere closer to shore, there must be an exit of some kind because the water slowly recedes and they're just left in this gigantic cave system. And now wow. Buttercup, Mug, and the rest of the crew <laughs> need to find their way out. And old Sand Dollar Steve now sees an opportunity for himself. He's thinking, oh, no. you know what? The king has been trying to find himself an heir for a really long time. Oh, and this no. is a very real, very Steve. attractive looking baby. Oh, the, king, no. the king would love him a baby like this. Steve. Steve. Don't be a baby napper. And Buttermug, you know, she's been like, it's better than she's that. got her leg pinned between a couple rocks. And God bless. Sand Dollar Steve, as she's trying to wiggle her way out, takes that opportunity to cut the umbilical cord with his his swashbuckling sword and then run off with the baby. Dang it. Yeah. This is, this is making me feel bad, Luke. <laughs> it makes me it makes me feel sad. Yeah. Is that your intention? It is my intention. This is the Is this the end of the movie? This is the end of part one of the movie. Ah <laughs> oh boy. I hope part two is less sad. Part two is more sad. As I'm <laughs> oh because we find out that Wiley is dead. No, no, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Wiley's fine. Oh boy. Uh, Wiley actually comes oh rushing God. to his beloved Buttermug's aid. Um, helps her get her, her foot out of it's Stranglehold, but it's too the hero. The Sand Dollar Steve has vanished with the baby, and he's got a 10-minute head start, which is, I mean, Sand Dollar Steve is quick. You've seen Steve's sure. on on his feet, so you know. He is not a slow man. Yeah, so they're, they're worried they won't be able to catch him at all, but they do what they can, which is follow a slight draft, because they know that that will lead to an opening in the cave system and hopefully to freedom. And from there, they can Mm -hmm. track down this nefarious Sand Dollar Steve. But here's the thing about this cave system. There, a very, very, very long time ago, was a sinkhole. And into that sinkhole fell all manner of things, including mammoths, dinosaurs, all these prehistoric (laughs) beasts. Oh, my God. uh, Rodents of unusual sizes, of course. (laughs) Of course. Um... So they find as they navigate their way through the cave that they have all of these uh, trials to face with various beasts of the prehistoric age. Yes, please. <laughs> and they have to, to fight their way through with their swords. And 
And with their wits, and too, their wits, probably. Yeah, there will be a mental trial where some ancient wizard has fallen down into the hole and they have to out, <laughs> outfox him. Is he played um, by Wallace Shawn, perhaps? It's played by Wallace Shawn's... Uh, his own father, Wally Shawn. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so he's he really has to be old. even older than Wallace Shawn. <laughs> he's that ancient. Uh, so they, they make their way back through, through the cavern. And they always just seem to be a couple steps behind Sand Dollar Steve. They, they can hear off in the distance the cries of their baby, but they just can't quite catch up Man. to him. That's really un- that's frustrating. Mm. It's and brutal. tragic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, of course, get, I mean, in times of stress like this, one good way to relieve stress is through intercourse. So... Yeah. Wiley That's and Buttermug reunited yeah. means that we get like several more very again very realistic sex scenes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Throughout this cave, and it's just it's not it's not gratuitous because it's it, they're strategic. They got to keep their minds and bodies sharp. Exactly. And there are like things around the cave that they can incorporate. Stalactites. What kind of things? Oh, boy. <laughs> mainly, mainly that's yeah, okay. it. Just mainly stalactites and stalagmites. <laughs> Again, not gratuitous, just strategic. strategic yeah. Just in the in the interest of keeping everybody's mind sharp and keeping everybody in the moment and keeping their relationship fresh. Of course, that's important too. So they, they eventually make their way out. They've, they've completed the trials of the cave. And they see that Sand Dollar Steve has procured himself his own pirate ship. And is, mm. he's just uh, sailing off as they run up onto the shore behind him. They shake their fists at him and say, Sand Dollar Steve, how dare <laughs> you steal our baby? And Sand Dollar Steve kind of like turns back and sticks his tongue out at them and says, Ah. Oh. Yeah. Such a heel yeah, turn. Seriously. I hate to see it. But I mean, his life is on the line. So it's true. I mean, kind of. Although the king kind of did just let him leave, so he could have just taken off. He's a man of his word, though. He's a man of his word. I can, I can respect that somewhat, even though I hate his guts. But uh, fortunately, Wiley has retained the ship's map. And he pulls it out and he sees like a little set of dots following a tiny ship that looks like Sand Dollar Steve's headed straight for Spain. He's like, oh, that's where he's going. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Buttermug, my dear, let's go to Spain. So they make their way there. They find a ship of their own, pull up on the the shores of Barcelona and uh, make their way to the palace under the cover of night. And they get there as there's this giant party going on. Because as far mm-hmm. as the king is concerned, he now has a prince. And a pirate ship has been single-handedly destroyed by the hero of the country, Sand Dollar Steve. God. I have so many complicated feelings about Sand Dollar yeah. Steve. Like I'm I'm happy for his success and the redemption that he has in the eyes of the king, but at the same time I felt like there was a real bond 
that was starting to form between him and Buttermug and Wiley. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's tough to see. You hate to see it. It's bitter. It's bittersweet. It's bittersweet. You don't like completely hate to see it, but yeah. it's definitely bittersweet. Yeah. Also, I forgot to mention, uh, throughout this movie, there will be a lot of like zoom outs to the grandpa reading the story where yeah. de-aged yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. shrunken down Fred Savage is like, ah, oh, grandpa, you didn't tell me there'd be lovemaking in this book. <laughs> <laughs> And then by the end of it, he's like, you know, Grandpa, I don't mind that much that they're having sex anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And then Peter Falk will just, like, pinch his cheek and be like, that's my boy. (laughs) That's right, Sonny. So we get this final scene where Samara Weaving infiltrates the castle using Mm. theatrics, mostly. Um, Sure. To create this larger-than-life Dread Pirate Ro- Roberts image that generations mm-hmm. have cultivated before her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they steal back the baby. Nice. Ride off into the sunset. Yeah. On a single, beautiful horse. Oh, oh, hell yeah. And then we get one one final sex scene and then roll <laughs> credits. <laughs> Man, I it's rare in Pitch Hunt that uh, a pitch comes along that is literally flawless. <laughs> um, but I think this is about as, as close as it gets, Luke. Uh, you buttered me up, and then you, you finished me <laughs> off. <laughs> and I am, I am more than happy to ship that on along down to Hollywood. Uh, I've never had a vested interest in a movie being made as much as I do in this one, so I really hope that this is our breakthrough Yar. episode. These are some Yar. Ship, ship-shaped Yar. pitches. Ship-shaped pitches. Oh, man. They are. Well, fellas. We done we did, did it. it. We did it. Three dynamite pitches. Interestingly, three pitches in which there was a lot of love. Yeah. Um, or at least some love. People falling in love with pirates. Yeah. It was a real thing. Yeah, theme. yeah, yeah. I mean, pirate, who wouldn't Which fall is, in love with a pirate? Yeah, it's, it's hard not to be romantic about piracy. Unless you're an FBI agent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even then, I got to feel like there's a little bit of a love-hate relationship. Got to love that, that guy who's sitting in his basement downloading movies. Yeah. You're yeah. Right. Uh, You're right. I guess if I you're an FBI agent, it's like the forbidden fruit. Yeah. Maybe they all get off on that secretly. Yeah. They're, they're super, they wouldn't super steal attracted. a DVD, but they would steal a movie. And I like that. Yeah. And they would steal, they would have their heart stolen by a beautiful hacker. That's hot. We already came up, we just came up with a fourth pitch, kind of. <laughs> Well, a synopsis. Wow, I ship, I ship that one. I ship that one too. I ship that at, at the very least as a as a short film introduction to one of our yeah. our feature. At the films. beginning of every single one of our pitches, there'll be a little disclaimer that's just an FBI agent falling madly in love <laughs> with a hacker. With a hacker, yeah, it's beautiful. It's the way it should be. 
Well, fellas, <clears throat> we done did it. That's pitching. Yeah, I think we done did it. What a week, it. huh? What a week. What a week. And it's what a been. great. What a week it's been. A great birthday for for our our boy Jacob. Let's have <laughs> let's have another thirty you said another it. thirty-one more, and and maybe then some. And maybe maybe a a, a further thirty-one after yeah. that as well. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what the future holds? Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at info at pitchhunt.org. We get your emails many days, get, getting all sorts of notifications. Yeah, every day. We're trying to keep up, to the, cup, keep up with them. We'll, we'll get back to you. Once we've we'll got do our a very long best log. to respond to every yeah. message. Yeah, we got a lot, we've got a big backlog to, to shovel through, but keep them coming. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, check us out on social media. Pitch underscore hunt. We tweet sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter, 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 Twitter might still be around. Yeah, Twitter, comes out. Twitter, as you can tell, the, the social media platform that does exist. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely still exists. Maybe you, maybe you can't find it in your browser right now, or the app no longer functions, but it does exist, and we do still tweet from it. It's it's out yeah. there. If you if you really look for it, you'll find it. Uh, but most importantly, above all else, know that we love yeah, you. Yeah, we love yeah. you. And stay pitchy. Stay Is that pitchy. our thing? Please do stay. Yeah. I forget Please from do last stay week. Pitchy out there, people. Yeah, stay yeah. pitchy out there. Yeah. Stay pitchy. Stay pitchy. Bye bye. Bye bye.